You're listening to Decidedly Dry. I'm your host, Jess Steitzer. This is a sober podcast where we actually focus on the good. Amazing, right? We spark inspiration. We try to provide some hope and we help motivate you. I promise to always keep it real, provide some dry humor, and remind you every single episode why sobriety is truly a superpower. If you'd like to learn more about the show or make a donation, just head on over to decidedlydry.com. Thank you so much for pushing play today. Let's get started. Well, howdy ho, my friends. Yep, that's right. (laughs) I said howdy ho. I think from here on out, I should try and come up with some unique way to greet you every episode. What do you think? Yes? No? Might be kind of fun. All right. So today I have the wonderful, the hilarious, the talented writer, Blair Sharp. Blair is a sober mom who lives out in Minnesota, and we chat about her history with alcohol, how she removed it, and explore the amazing things that she is doing in sobriety. We also talk about the importance of acceptance in sobriety and how that can be, well, really hard yet beneficial. Real quick, I want to send out a big thanks to Lynn, Sarah, and Amy for your donations. Your support means a ton and honestly helps keep the show running. So thank you. All right, just as a reminder, you can always, always help support the podcast by hopping over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and or leave a review. You can also just head to the website at decidedlydry.com, click the podcast button, and contribute to production costs there. Zero pressure, just throwing it out there. Um, I appreciate you guys being here. Thank you so much, and I really hope that you enjoy my chat with Blair. Well, hello, everybody. Today, I have a great guest for you. I have Blair with me. Hi, Blair. Hello. It is so great to see you. It's been a while. It has. Yeah. I I think we talked maybe last summer or fall, maybe. Yeah, I I don't know. I've said it before, but um, I kind of feel like some of my of my guests, it's like a reunion because when I was too nervous to start a podcast, I was doing Instagram lives. I was like, okay, right. that was like my stepping stone. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. That's when we talked, of, I think last. Yeah. And so it's been really fun to, uh, to reconnect. So thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right, my friend. Well, you know how these things go. We're just going to jump right in. We're going to start with your story. So if you can, tell listeners a little bit about yourself. So who you are, if you have kids, where you live, all that good stuff. Sure. Um, so my name is Blair Sharp and I live in Rochester, Minnesota, and, um, I am a wife, um, of almost seven years, I think. And, um, you know, there's a point where you just like, you know, I'm married. Okay. Um, Yeah. Right. I'm married. That's all that you need to know. Um, and then I have a son who is going to be six in about a month. So he'll be going to kindergarten this fall. Uh, so I keep pretty busy with him. Um, and then I, um, for work, I am a psychometrist, which what means, that? yeah, <laughs> I always have to add, which means <laughs> dot, dot, um, dot. <laughs> I test people's thinking. Oh. So I work at a, at a clinic. Uh, I work at the Mayo Clinic here in Rochester and I, um, have been there for over eight years now. And, um, I sit with patients and do thinking tests. So like memory and attention and concentration, all ages, um, mostly adults I work with. Um, and yeah, so that's what I do kind of like day jobby 
um, in as far as my day job. And then um, I do freelance writing too on, on the side. So amazing. Um, I didn't know yeah. that about you. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been there, like I said, for over eight years now. So wow. Yeah. Awesome. Longer than you've been married. Right. I think maybe. No. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, yeah. I think, yeah, it's like eight, seven, six, five. It's like all these things are like one after the other. Like we've been in the house for seven, but we've been married for no eight, seven. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I There's it. a way to remember it. And I, I never remember it. <laughs> so, oh, I um, love it. Well, good. Well, good, good stuff. And I love that. I love these chats because I learned something about you yeah, too. Right. So it's fun for me. Um, well, let's go ahead and talk about your history with alcohol. Sure. So when did you start? When did it start to shift? You know how it goes, yeah. that, that kind of story. Yeah. So um, just to like a little snippet about my childhood is that I, I really didn't have any traumas or anything like that. Um, pretty good childhood. Can't complain about any of it. Um, I was an only child between my mom and dad. So I was a little bit spoiled, which is fine because that's how I'm raising my son. <laughs> And I do remember um, alcohol sort of being in the picture a little bit when I was um, a child, we would go, my dad and I would go up to up Northern Minnesota fishing. That's where some of his friends lived. And, you know, he would go out with friends or be fishing on the boat. um, And I would be with, with them, you know, at all times. Um, but I never remember anything like getting out of hand or it being like a negative. Um, I think it probably was though. Cause I know that he was um, a drinker like myself, a little, kind of a binge drinking, no off switch type of drinker. Um, and he had some, you know, lots of negative consequences, like, like I had too. So, um, my mom says that we were, my dad's, uh, passed away in 2016, but my mom says that like, we were very similar in like the way that I've described my drinking is like totally mm-hmm. how he was too. So that's kind of makes sense to me. Um, and so yeah, that was my childhood. And then I, um, I started drinking when I was in high school, like 16, 17, um, not a ton. I wasn't in like a partying group or anything like that. Um, I played basketball and I had a small group of friends, but it was, um, you know, we dabbled here and there just kind of like you would as a high schooler, I guess. Um, but even then, now that I look back, you know, there were lots of like, uh, bad things that happen. Like there were times where I drank too much, you know, a lot of the time. And it was always like trying to just like get really drunk or like, just really like, and you don't, at that point you don't really know how to drink, you know I mean? Not that there's a certain way you're supposed to drink, but like, you're just like getting whatever you can get your hands on. And, you know, like I remember, um, one day mixing tequila with Gatorade. Like that sounds, yeah. (laughs) right? Like, oh, that just, that was not a good ending of a night. I got sick that no. night, of course, but you know, like I just, you just don't know what to do. It's not like, you know, you're, you're, you're drinking like UV blue, right? Like whatever right. somebody's older sister can get for you. It's just like these, you know, testing out the waters basically. And then when I hit college is really where I flourished with my drinking. Um, my like binge drinking ways really like I fit in with people, you know, mm-hmm. I very early within the first couple of days, um, of being in this apartment building for college students that I was at met everyone. And we all just partied. Like, that's what we did. Um, I, I went with a few friends to the, to the college and they lived with me. So, um, you know, I had those people who I was kind of already partying with a little bit and we found other people. Um, and a lot of the people that I met, uh, not a lot of, but like a group of people that I met, um, even that first year, I'm still very, very good friends with today. They're in my close friend group. So, um, 
it wasn't all bad, but a lot of it was your tip. Like, what would you, you know, quote unquote, college life, like college drinking life is, you know, um, all the things that you, you would think go with that did, did go with that for me. Um, but again, I didn't notice anything being like a red flag there either because everybody was doing it and that's what you're supposed to do right in college. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to, um, drink way too much and get sick or wake up and not remember things about the night or, um, do dumb things. And we all laughed about it the next morning, you know, and that kind of lasted throughout my, um, early twenties. I don't remember what year it was that I got a, my degree, but it took me about six years, whatever that is, do the math, um, <laughs> of like schooling <laughs> to get a bachelor's degree, you know, cause I was going here and there and drinking and dropping classes or, uh, not going to class and failing or, you know, things like that. So, um, I didn't really ever take school seriously. And I still, I don't, I don't like school. Like I'm not a school person. Mm -hmm. I don't think that was definitely, I don't think that was like only the alcohol because I remember it being that way when I was like in high school too. Like I wasn't really like, I mean, I would go, you know, and do my best sort of, but like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, wasn't super interested in it. So, um, it was kind of the back burner and like partying was, was more of the, the thing that it was really important to me and making friends and and I was always this like loud, obnoxious life of the party person, you know, the, the person I thought that people would want to be around. And mm-hmm. I, you know, always knew where the party was, or I was having the party. And it was just like, it was just fun. And it was a lot of fun. I think it, I, I know that it was a lot of fun. Uh, someone recently commented on one of my posts and said, well, that was your perception of fun. You were perceiving it to be fun, but it really, it was the alcohol. And I'm like, no, it was pretty fun. Like I had a lot of fun. <laughs> and I was just telling one of my friends that yeah, uh, this weekend. And she's like, no, we had like a ton of fun. I'm like, well, yeah, we did. And we still joke about a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I feel like I, I had to go through a lot of that to get to where I am today. You know, I feel like some people who don't go through things don't have really like a certain outlook on life. So I feel like it got me here, you know, talking to you today, basically. Right. Right. So, um, and then same, like I said, through my early twenties is kind of the same thing. I met my husband and then shortly after within the year, I think it was that I met him, I got a DUI and that was my first time really getting in trouble, like with the law, uh, for my drinking. Um, everything else was sort of just like on me. It wasn't like, you know, I mean, I guess I was like dropping classes and stuff, but as far as like illegal, you know, from the law getting in trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had to spend two nights in jail for that. Um, cause I blew so high and, uh, that was not fun. I had to, you know, get up in front of, uh, the courtroom in a jumpsuit in Mm -hmm. handcuffs. And here's my dad in the, in the courtroom. And it was just like, it was one of those things where, um, which is how most of my negative consequences went was that you just deal with it mm-hmm. in the moment, you know, you get through it. Cause you have to, cause you don't have another choice. Right. right. And, uh, and then when it's done, you kind of can clean it up as much as, you know, as however you can. And then you kind of put it out of your head because you're, you're not going to stop drinking. Like that's not, that's mm-hmm. not the answer to fix, right. you know, anything. It was just like, okay, so that's done. Um, and I didn't really have to, I mean, I think I was on probation for about a year, which really just meant like, don't drink and drive. Like I still went out and stuff like that, but, um, which I didn't really drink and drive after that either. Um, but, um, I got kind of, um, again, I'm 
spoiled. So, you know, my, my parents paid for, for all, most of that. And, um, uh, it wasn't really like I had to, to face the, the consequences. Um, consequences. Or, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and so that, like I said, a lot of those negative, even just like fighting with my, uh, now husband, boyfriend, then, um, uh, and waking up, it was like, okay, we, we talk about it for five minutes and then I get to move on and it's Saturday now. And what are we doing tonight? You know, like it was that mm-hmm. kind of thing. You just kind of like deal with it in the moment, move on. And that's how it always went throughout like my adult years. Um, and then, um, I was still trying to, I was still doing that party lifestyle in my, my twenties. I didn't have any, I mean, I had it, I had jobs throughout, but it wasn't like career, um, you know, like these really serious big jobs where a lot of them were at ones where I could like, you know, it's, you don't work till 10 or whatever. It's not, you know, so not a big girl job. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, and if, and if I, you know, did have to work early, I'd just be hung over, like super hungover, still drunk half the time, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, um, then I, um, uh, we got married and I became a mom when I was 30 and that was a big change for me Mm. as it is, you know, um, for, it's like a change you can't really, um, prepare for, like you prepare as much as you can, right. You get everything on the list and you take the classes and stuff, but you really don't know how it's going to affect your body and your mind and, and your life. So that was like a huge, um, switch for, for me in roles. Right. Because now I wasn't like only responsible for myself. I was also responsible for another human. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, when I was drinking before that, I didn't really care really what happened. I I wasn't somebody who was, I'm not, you know, I don't think I have like low self-esteem or, or I don't have depression, uh, or anxiety like that, uh, mental health struggles, but I just didn't really care what happened, you know? Um, it was just like, well, I'll, I'm going to go out and drink. Who knows what's going to happen? And hopefully it's nothing really bad, but who knows, but I'm still going to do it anyways. And I'm going to drink a ton and not remember things. So, um, yeah, I had no problem quitting when I was pregnant. When I had him, I, um, in about about the first month or so, I think is when I went out and had a few, just a few beers. I remember going and having like two beers and like a Bloody Mary and I went home because I had to, you know, uh, pump or whatever. And, um, I was like, oh, oh, I could do that then. Like I could, you know, just have a couple and then be done. And, but I still always, every time I did that, I'd always still have that in my head. Like, but I kind of want more, you know, it was like that, like I could go, we could go to a Sunday baby shower, whatever it is, have a few drinks and come home and be fine. I could do that. But it was always in my head of like, but I still kind of want to keep drinking. And sometimes I prefer it this. Yeah. I prefer to actually have more. <laughs> um, but it's, um, you know, I got to work in the morning and so I'll stop. But sometimes I didn't, sometimes I yeah. did go and have more and then I would wake up, you know, dying the next day and have to work or call in or whatever it was. So, um, after I had my son, it was a lot more, um, home drinking, like by myself. Like if my husband, like, you know, we'd take turns going out with friends or doing whatever, um, if my husband was out or doing something, I would be home with him or, you know, I would just, the three of us would be home and I would be drinking and I'd be the only one drinking because my husband does not drink. Um, he got really sick when he was in, in college and just hasn't drank since he doesn't have like a problem or anything like that. But, um, so he doesn't like quote unquote, get it when mm. I talk about it, but I still, you know, talk about things. Um, but yeah, so I'm just, I'm basically drinking by myself, but it was now I had this like 
I'm a mom now. I have this reason, right? Like that's the reason that I can drink because it's, you know, it's four o'clock or five and I've been at home with the baby all day. I deserve right. a, a drink. Um, and that's fine if I had a drink, right? <laughs> like, right. In my head, it's like, well, you deserve one drink, but then one turns into the whole bottle of wine and then it turns into right. the second bottle of wine. And then maybe there's some beer and then I have that too. And then it's just like, whatever's in the house, you know? Um, and at some point it was just like the motions of drinking. Like I was, it was just so normal that, that, you know, on a Friday night, I would go to the liquor store, get enough for Friday and Saturday, but end up drinking it all Friday. And, and I mean, who's, who are we kidding? I wasn't in any condition to drink on Saturday. I was so hungover, you know? Um, and I was able to do that for a while because my son was easy. He was an easy baby. Mm-hmm. You just really got to keep him alive. Like you don't have to like chase him around, you know, yeah. and like. Uh, it's not really hard work if your kids, you know, not colicky and, and stuff. So it was easy to just lay him down and lay next to him and like play or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and I could be hungover. And so I did that for a while and it was fine. There were times where I was starting to like, kind of, um, there were times where I'd wake up and be like, oh, wow. Like, I don't remember doing that or which I did all the time, but like, it's, a, it's kind of scary when it's like such a short amount of time. I feel like I was drinking a lot in a short amount of time too. Cause it was just like in the evening and I wasn't doing anything else. I was just sitting there watching like TV or YouTube, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so it wasn't like I was being active and like out with friends and it was this whole thing and whatever. So, um, and I had always drank kind of like, it was like a social thing for me. It wasn't necessarily like a numbing emotions or anything like that. So now that I had my son, you know, your social life definitely changes too. Right. So like, sure. um, and if you're nursing, you can't be out for really that long. You have to come back or whatever. So a lot of times I just stayed in and then mm-hmm. I would still do the the drinking part of the socializing. Right. But now I'm like texting with people or Snapchat. Oh my God. Snapchat was the worst thing to be invented <laughs> for people who drink and don't remember things. It's like, Oh, it looks like you sent a snap at, you know, 11. Don't oh know what gosh. it was. You know Not what sure. I mean? Yeah. Not sure. Never will oh. know. Ooh. Uh, so, um, my husband started to make little rules and I never, before I say about that, like, I never was a person who moderated ever, ever, Mm -hmm. ever, because I think I knew that I couldn't, you know, I would never say like, oh, I'm going to just drink, uh, water in between drinks or, you know, I'm going to, um, eat a lot before we go out. It's like, no, I'm going to eat as little as possible so I can get more drunk save money and spend it on the booze versus the food. You know, it was like those kind of things. It was always like trying to, trying to drink more. Right. Um, and I never was like, oh, alcohol is kind of a problem. I should maybe only drink on Thursdays and Fridays. Or like, it was never, it was never like that. It was just, mm. I just did what I wanted to and I, with it and hopefully nothing, you know, happens. Um, and it did, of course, like all of the course. time. Yeah. <laughs> There's supposed to be the red flags here that people talk about, but um, I just kind of, you know, went around those and, and kept going and pretended that they, they weren't there. But my husband would then, he would make these little rules, you know, like if you're going to go to somebody's house, just stay overnight or, um, um, we can go to something, but like, we're going to leave at this time because he knew like I would get like, you know, more drunk if we, if we stayed, but I mean, let's be honest, we stopped at the store on the way home and I got more to drink at home when we got home. So Um, but it was nice for me as a drinker because he didn't drink. Right. Like, so I said, so he is my designated driver all Mm -hmm. the time. Right. He's always that person. I think that might be another reason why I stayed home a lot after I had my son, because he's not going to come get me with him. 
in the car. Right. You know, right. There was one night where he, I had gone out with friends and I came home and, um, I had lost my purse, I guess. Um, don't remember. Um, but like the person who found, is it my purse or my phone, but either way, something, um, they found, I think it was my, maybe it was my phone, but they found it. They called my mom at like, you know, middle of the night. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, And so she called my husband and they were worried, you know, I was home. I was home at this point. I just didn't have it with me. And so, uh, they were like, well, we're going to give, we're going to call the police and give it to them. If you don't come get it like right now. So my husband had to get up in the middle of the night, take our son who was a year old or less, Mm. wake him up, take him downtown to go get my, my stuff. Um, because he didn't trust me being there with him because I was wasted, you know, and I was sleeping. So, um, so there was a lot of these moments like that. And, um, it towards the end. Um, and at one point he said, you know, I don't want to be around you when you're drinking. So like, if we're going to go, like, you can just go to the wedding with your friends, or if we're going to go to this party, like, I'm not going to go if you're going to be drinking. Um, and, and I was just like, okay, <laughs> like, yeah, whatever, yeah. you know, it didn't even, it didn't even like really dawn on me that like, that's also a red flag when your spouse doesn't want to even be around you. Right. I was just like, okay, well, I can just, I can just make that work. I'll figure out a way to make that work. You know? Um, and I did for a little bit. And then, um, there was one night where I was just home alone. Well, with my son, he was 18 months old sleeping. Um, and just, just your average, whatever, I think it was Friday, you know, had some wine tripped on the baby gate not out of the ordinary. Like I would fall all the time. So that's like normal for me. Um, and smashed the wine glass on the floor. Um, my husband came home while I was cleaning it up. Um, so I woke up the next morning, I had bruises, you know, which was again, normal, um, cuts, you know, from the wine glass on my hands and stuff like that from cleaning it up. And he said to me, you can't drink alone anymore with our son. You can't be here by yourself with him and be drinking because we don't know what's going to happen. Like when you start drinking, basically, like we don't know. Right. And you know what? I never knew, like from the beginning, from the beginning, I never knew what it would happen. Yeah. Um, when I started drinking and, um, just because I didn't, I don't have that off switch, you know, my brain, my brain, um, I drink and my brain's like, wow, this is like so good. Like I want more of this, you know? And I didn't realize until after I quit that there are people out there who drink and are like, Hey, hmm okay, that's nice. But like, I'm done now, you know, like, like your husband to have like, yeah, right. Want and be like, no, right. Yeah. I don't like it. And so, so that just like blew my mind that there, that there is that difference, but you know, when I quit, that was very helpful to, to realize that that's just how my brain was. So, um, actually then after that night where he, he had told me that, you know, you can't be home with him alone. Um, um, that had kind of got me feeling a little, uh, um, uh, not upset. I, I upset, I suppose, but like, um, thought I thought about it a little more. That was kind of a consequence yeah. that was like a little bit bigger deal. And I'm sure it had to do with my son and that was why, but, um, I, um, didn't, you know, after he said that, I didn't think, okay, I need to stop drinking. Okay. Like, I, I didn't think that. Um, but a couple of days later, I, um, was still feeling, hungover, that emotional hangover. I would get those at the end too. It was like physical for a couple of days. And then it'd be like emotional where you're just like regret and like 
oh, I just feel bad about myself. And so I was in that kind of stage and I read a blog um, about a mom that she was telling a story about a time um, and she doesn't drink. And I was like, wait, what? And so I like looked, looked her up. Um, I heard her on a podcast. Um, I read some more of her writing um, and I sent her a message on Facebook. I just Who was typed it? her name Do you in. Mind me asking? Yeah. Her name's Katie Bickle and she okay. is an author from Canada. She is, um, more of a fiction author now, but she had a blog for, um, uh, scary mommy is where I read the gotcha. blog. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I just typed her name in on Facebook and, you know, I didn't do stuff like that. Like I wasn't like just sure. DMing people like random, um, or maybe I was when I was drunk. I don't know. We don't remember, but, <laughs> <laughs> but so I messaged her and I literally wrote to her this like 900 word, like message mm. that was so long and just talked about everything. Like, I know I need to not drink, but I, I can't not drink, you know, like that's not, that's not an, the answer. Like, I know it's the alcohol, but I, I can't control it. And does the whole thing. And she wrote, you know, she pretty, pretty quickly messaged me back. I was just at work when I did this and she messaged me back and, um, she basically said, you don't have to drink anymore. Hmm. Like all this can go away. Like if you just don't drink and like, my mind was just blown. Like no one had ever said that before. I'd never even, it's like, I knew alcohol was the problem, but the option of not drinking was not in the car. Like that was not on the table. Yeah. Like it's almost like if I didn't ask her about it, would I maybe have started then moderating? Would that have been like a moderation year or two, you know, where I'm like trying to do that. Um, but yeah, so she gave me all these resources and podcasts and books and, um, all the good stuff. And I, you know, messaged back and forth with her a little bit in the beginning, um, with questions on how she, you know, how do you, how do you manage going to an event? I have this shower to go to, or this bachelorette party, whatever. Um, and so she was really helpful. I joined, I joined a lot of Facebook groups in the beginning. Um, and those were, you know, places where I could type a question like, Hey, I'm going to this event. Like, does anybody have any tips? Like, what did you do when this happened or whatever? Um, so like, those were really helpful. Um, again, like I said, podcast, I found the home podcast with Laura McCowan and Holly Whitaker pretty early mm-hmm. on and binged that and, um, books like this naked mind was the first one that I read. And then I like totally, like I became obsessed with not drinking, you know, like yeah, I became yeah. like, I just like jumped in and like totally immersed myself in all the alcohol free things, books, podcasts, blogs, all of it. Uh, I made a private sober Instagram account, um, where I could just post and follow whoever I wanted without my picture or name being there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I did that all for like about a year, like really hard. Like I was reading a couple of books a week, probably, which I had never, I haven't read a book since I was like 15. Right. And were you sober through all of that? Like, had you quit or were you yeah, still doing the research? Was the that last, was it. No, okay. that was it. That day was it. Yeah. I didn't ever go back, um, and forth. And I, um, I'm really like a black or white, you know, like go big sure. or don't go at all. Um, so it, I knew that it had to be none mm-hmm. <clears throat> just because of the way that I drank. It was a lot and, and it was just no off switch. So <clears throat> I had had enough proof, um, in the past, you know, of drinking <laughs> times that that is how I drank. And like yeah. going back was just going to be that again, you know, maybe I could go back and drink, um, and, and be fine. Like, like those times where I would have a couple and go home, but the thought 
was always there that I wanted more. And like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that would go away because mm-hmm. I want that buzz. I want that good feeling, which is why I like drink so much caffeine now. And I'm fine with right. that. It's not ruining my life, you know, but like, yep. um, or like those like CBD drinks and things like that. So like, that's just like who I am, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, it was really, it was really helpful to, to kind of recognize that part of my brain. And like, that's just how it was. And also just to accept that it has to be none mm-hmm. and to not have that like wavering, like, well, maybe no, it just has to be none. It's so much more yeah. freeing when you just take it all out, take it off the table. Um, and, um, since then I, yeah, have been just improving. Yeah. I wouldn't say daily, but <laughs> no, I mean, it's a roller you coaster, know? but and it doesn't fix everything either. Right. No. Like there's still then problems you have to deal with or the stress of parenting. And I didn't know how to manage my anxiety, anxious feelings kind of beforehand when I was drinking, because I was drinking. Right. So like, mm-hmm. I didn't have those feelings. And if I did, they weren't really there because of the alcohol, but now it's like, I don't have that numbing agent. So now I have to find other ways. Make sure I go to bed early, you know, get my sleep and, and I wouldn't say eat healthy. Cause I eat a ton of cookies <laughs> and things like that. I haven't, food is not ruining my life just yet. So I'm going to keep my cookies and my, <laughs> my ice cream and you stuff. Just, but... You have to do what works for you. You have right, to find exactly. healthier ways to cope that does yep. not involve an addictive substance, you know? Exactly. So mm-hmm. And I just want to point out a couple of things. I love your story. First of all, I think that so many, I just, I'm obsessed with hearing people's stories because it is so enlightening for people to, to hear them because they hear little bits and pieces. I truly believe that anyone could listen to anyone's story and be like, oh, I relate to this one piece or wow, I was like that. Or, you know, and so I think just the fact that you know, leading up to your college days and past, like mm-hmm. you were just doing what everybody else was doing. Exactly. Yeah. There were no just flags. Fitting in. I was just doing. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I love that you also pointed out just how life changes so much as a mom, you know, yeah. I mean, your whole life changes and it is the most beautiful, wonderful gift in the entire mm-hmm. world, but it's a lot. And yeah. we live right. in a world that tells us, you know, here's your glass of wine, mama, like great mm-hmm. job. Here's your reward. Right. You used that word reward. And it really yeah. stood out to me because <clears throat> that's what we know, you know? Mm-hmm. So, oh man. And it's and almost I, and- like, it's, it's like a, it's like a switch. You're supposed to just mm-hmm. turn the switch, be a mom. And now you, you have to like, okay, but what about your old self? And, and it was like those 18 months before I quit there when he was 18 months old, it was like, I was still kind of trying to like, keep that old Blair. Like I was trying to keep her and be her, but like, I, I had to realize that like, that's not who I am now. I'm a mom and it's like, it's a new role and Mm -hmm. I have to figure out how to, how to maneuver it. And I love that you had the guts to reach out to that person on Facebook. I mean, were you shocked to get the response too? Yeah. And so quickly, I think she responded pretty quickly. Um, I, not too long ago, I just went back and and, you know, copy and pasted our whole conversation into a document so that I would have it. And I'm thinking about maybe next February, my five-year anniversary of alcohol-free, maybe putting it out there or kind of just sharing a little bit more about it, because I think that it's helpful and to know that people, um, it's not weird to just reach out to a stranger on the internet and, um, someone who gets it because I didn't have anybody in my life that 
quit drinking. Like, you know, um, and we think like, oh, you have to really just lose it all. You know, you have to be this stereotype of a person who has a drinking problem, but really like you don't, you know, just there's people walking around every day that have problems with alcohol or whatever. And people just like, just like you and, um, you can get through it. Mm -hmm. So even though it feels like it, I mean, it's easier said than done. It feels so hard. It feels like the hardest thing. Like, what are you going to do? But once you start figuring it out and piecing little things together, it really just, um, it works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and I think, I mean, I, I'm sure we've talked about it before, but just the power of finding someone whose story you relate to, you know, yes. I mean, I think your situation with her, like is so, excuse me. Um, it just represents the sober community so well right. that we, we love getting those messages because that was yes. us, you know, and the exactly. opportunity to reassure someone, Hey, you're not alone. Like mm-hmm. that was me. I, I was you like, and to give them a little bit of hope, you know, for I mean, sure. look at, look at what that message did for you. Mm-hmm. You immediately jumped in with two feet and surrounded right. yourself with community and just yeah. all these different tools. So, and I think that's why I share so much, um, about it because, um, I was in that spot and hearing like, that's why I read all those quit lit books. Right. Because I was hearing all these stories and I could relate every, you know, to every single one in some way, like you said. And so, um, yeah, just, I think hearing people's story to know that you are not the only person who does these things or is thinking this way. Um, and even though like the people like maybe directly around you, your friends and family might not feel that way. Um, thank God for social media and, uh, the internet. Like, I don't, it had to have been so hard before, you know, and there are only certain avenues to, to get help, but like now it's just, um, wild how many, um, people are getting, you know, quitting drinking without having to go to, you know, a 12 step or a rehab (laughs) or, or just like a, a, yeah. So it's just like a whole nother, mm -hmm, it's a whole nother, um, set of tools. Yes. I guess that, you know, that you can use. Yeah. I think so too. Well, we're kind of already in our shift, but, um, this is where I shift to the good. I shift to the good. And we talk about big or small, like what were, what were some of the benefits you immediately started feeling once you removed alcohol? What were the things you started noticing? Yeah, I think I had that, you know, pink cloud that they say, um, pretty, pretty early. I was noticing these things like, um, the leaves on the trees or like these little things. And I love (laughs) to still notice those. Like, um, there's a lot of times I don't now get like moments where I'm like, boy, I, I'm really having a hard time not going to the store and getting alcohol. Like, I don't, I don't get that. Like, I don't get, I hate the word triggered, but whatever. Um, I gotta like, I need to look up a new word, start a new hashtag or something. Um, I don't get those moments. Like I'm like white, I'm not like white knuckling it every day or any time really. Um, but I do get moments where I say to myself, boy, I would be drinking right now. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like if, uh, after a long day of work, I'd be like, oh, I would be, you know, drinking right now on the patio or whatever. Like, um, but I know that that's not going to happen and, and why and, and whatever. Um, but I also, um, again, with the parenting thing, like there's a lot of those moments probably, right. Like sure. where, where you're just stressed and you have to kind of figure out, figure out a different way to, to get through them. Um, and 
I can't remember what you asked. The leaves. The to, good. The uh, leaves. No, no. Oh, things like that were good in the beginning. Yeah. Right. So like the leaves, you know, um, like, was your sleep better? Were you, your relationship changed at all? Was there, you yeah, know, I, it was, hard, it's hard to remember because I, um, I was totally immersed in all the alcohol free stuff. So I was like always talking about it. I mean, I still am like, clearly I'm posting on Instagram and stuff all day, every day, but, um, I kind of became this person that like, didn't, it's like, instead of this party girl drinking person, I became, now I'm a person who doesn't drink. And I really took on that, that role really hard in the first year. And then after the first year, I was kind of like, okay, you need to chill. Yeah. Like, right. Like you're more than just a person that doesn't drink. There's more to you, but it was really, and I'm, and I know that it was like a year because there's a post on my old Instagram, the the anonymous one that says, okay, I'm done now. I've hit a year. I'm done with this Instagram. I'm done. Um, and I, and I kind of then figured out who am I? without mm-hmm. alcohol. The first year was kind of like, okay, how do I, how am I in this world of alcohol that we live in? Right. It's everywhere. We turn, turn on the TV, you know, the store, whatever the target now has, is like, so mad at target this, <laughs> but also target. If you'd like a sponsor, yeah. um, sponsor me. um, you know, this big glass, like liquor store, right. When you walk out, I don't know if your targets have that. It's like multiple walls of just glass They're glass walls and it's all booze. No, because it's, it's a liquor store in Target. Oregon. We don't have liquor stores. We don't have, oh. well, we don't have liquor in grocery stores or any, like you have to oh, go to okay. a liquor store. So it's a little well, different. I'm in the Midwest. Yeah. I'm in the Midwest. So. <laughs> did I mention Minnesota? No. Yeah. Did I, yeah. Right next to Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, so it's yes, everywhere. Right. So like, then it was like, after that year, it was like, okay, I know how to go to a wedding. Um, it might still suck and it might be uncomfortable, but like, I know how to do these things because I've done them all now. So now who am I? And so then it was, um, yeah, just like figuring out what I like to do or like what I don't like to do. I think that was the biggest thing because it was alcohol was so much a part of like what I did as like a hobby. Like that was what the hobby was, right? Like drinking was the hobby. And so now it's, um, you know, I don't really want to go hang out with whoever and, and sit and watch them drink. So I'm not going to go, you know, or like doing things that are different. I didn't start really writing until 2019. So I would have been, um, a year and a half probably without alcohol is when I, um, started really writing. And I had done some writing when I was like little, little, in fact, I just cleaned out my mom's basement. So I just found a ton of like notebooks and stuff that I need to go through that are just going to be hilarious of like my old writing and stuff. Um, which I'm excited about, but, um, yeah. So like, you know, they say they kind of like bring back things that you did before you started drinking, even if that's like in middle school, you know, or high school. So writing and being creative was always something I did. Hmm. Um, but I never did that from 18 to, you know, 32. I didn't do any of that stuff. We didn't have time. So no, drinking or hungover. Right. So now, yeah, I do writing and I, I write for a resource in my city. Um, and I, uh, and totally like, just like putting myself out there mm-hmm. more than I ever would, you know, um, with writing, um, and I, and I've tried to like really, and I think, um, the pandemic really helped with this too. Like, I think a lot of us are, um, spending our time a little bit more wisely because we had that time to slow down and like, realize yeah. like what really is important and like, okay, 
you know what, I need to like work a little bit less, if, you know, if, if I'm able financially, obviously, but like not everybody can just, Hey, I'm going to work less now, you know, sure, but sure. things like that. So like, um, just, just putting myself work first in a different way. Cause I did that all throughout my drinking. I put myself first a lot. Um, but now it's in like a different way of more of like a self-care type of putting yourself first. Um, and yeah, just spend more time with my family and my son and, and not dread so much of motherhood instead of like embrace it. Cause like those days and years go by so fast and it's like, well, that's the last time that happened or whatever, you know? So it's just trying to like, look at it through a different, a different lens now. Yeah. I think sobriety, I mean, it just makes you look at everything differently, you know? And I think the big thing that I just heard from you was it's given you the opportunity to kind of figure out who you are, you know, like revisit things that you used to do and love. And how exciting is that to like really Mm -hmm. embrace all these old hobbies and Mm -hmm. just appreciate everything. So I'd say that's a pretty good benefit. (laughs) Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That's like totally, totally what it is. I didn't, you know, like when we were in our twenties partying and stuff, like that's not very deep. Like that's not, there's not a lot of substance there of a person when that's all you're doing with your time. Um, but there's so much else out there to do and, um, think about and get involved in. And, you know, I'm not out here like, oh, I started, no, you, I know you're a journal journal, uh, person. Um, I'm not a journal person. Um, and I don't like these like daily routine. I I have a very strict routine, but it's not like, um, I don't know. It's not like things I have to do. I I try to, I think people get so stuck on like, okay, now I have to like work out and I have to, um, change all these other things. Like I have to do all these things. And it's like just one thing at a time. And you don't have to put that pressure on yourself. You know, if you're just like not drinking, like that's huge. And those other things you'll find out what those other things are and they'll, they'll come to you eventually, you know? And that's kind of what I tell people. I'm like, you know, your recovery or journey Mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it, it's going to look completely different than anybody else's. And Mm -hmm. if it means doing literally nothing, right. You're still winning. If you're not drinking reality TV all day, (laughs) then that's fine. That's fine. (laughs) Zero judgment from me and Blair. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Well, looking forward, I'm curious Mm -hmm. what what's next for you? I mean, you, you've got some sober days under your belt. You've got these Mm -hmm. new hobbies. You are, you're in your groove, but do you see anything else, um, ahead of you? That's exciting. Like any goals, any, Mm -hmm. you know, new things that you're looking forward to. Yeah. Um, so well in 2020 is when I started my other Instagram account. I don't think I mentioned this at the beginning when I was talking about myself, but it's sobriety activist at on Instagram. And so I, I post there and do different collaborations and just kind of that, that's kind of like a journal, I guess, for me, right. Sometimes, I don't know. I kind of talk about a lot of past things, but, um, I think I'm just, you know, continuing my writing. I just dropped my hours a little bit at work. Um, and so just, just writing. My son is going into school. So we're going to get busy with doing those kind of things, you know, homework and whatever activities. Um, and yeah, basically writing is like my, my thing right now. Um, so just trying to move that ahead. Um, it'd be nice to 
go down in hours eventually. I'm talking like five-year plan, like to, to maybe go down even more and, and do some of that. Cause that's kind of my, my passion. I'd much rather be working on a blog than working at my job. I, I, I do like my job. I don't not like it. I like it, you know, whatever. Um, I don't ever wake up and say, Oh, I don't want to go. Well, I mean, I, I would rather sleep in a little bit, but <laughs> um, yeah, I like my job. I don't have any issues with it, but I would rather be writing or doing something with like content creation and stuff yeah. like that. So if I can figure out, you know, a way to do that, um, a little bit more than that would be great. But, um, yeah, I also am like sort of content with things too, you know? And so, um, it's not really like a destination that I want to get to. It's more of just like, okay, keep doing what you're doing. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I've been doing. And then just things, things happen. Like I, I work hard at it, but like, sometimes when we just like keep doing what we're doing, like good things just come to us. I feel like the universe just kind of gives us what we, what we uh, put into it sort of. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And yeah. that's such a good reminder. Cause I think sometimes it doesn't need to be this big, scary goal. It doesn't need to be right, this right. big, amazing incredible thing that kind of, you know, you'd like to do, but scares you. Like it could simply be living a wonderful, happy, simple life, you know, and just staying sober. So what a good reminder. All right, my dear. Well, I've got a couple more things and then we're out of here. I'm sorry that I I could talk to you forever. I say that to everybody. Oh, I Um, think I was talking forever. (laughs) Oh no. I love it. That's your job. You're doing a good job. (laughs) So to the one or many people that are listening right now and feeling inspired to make a change, mm-hmm. what advice could you give them? Um, I think, I think there's a lot of little things that, that you kind of have to put together to, to be able to, to work the, to, for the sobriety part, you know, to work, uh, you have to do more than just not drink right? Like there's not drinking. There's also like getting support in different ways, um, whether that be a meeting or a support group, Facebook group, you know, joining different communities that are online now. Um, but just finding out what those things are that work for you. If, if hearing people's story really works for you, then just keep reading, you know, or keep listening to the podcast with the interviews and things like that. It's, um, do what works. Um, once you, I mean, it might take a little bit to figure out to figure that out, but definitely connect with someone who gets it, I think too, is so important. And that's like sober Instagram. Like you could find one person and you could just message them and they might, you know, talk to you for a little bit, or usually most of us are, are open to just going back and forth with people. And then eventually like, they don't really need that anymore. You know, they found their other things. So you kind of give them the resources and then they're on their own, but, um, and just like, I don't know. I think if you're someone who is a person like me, where you just drink a certain way and that's not going to change. Like, I think just that acceptance in the, in the beginning, is just like, you have to just make alcohol a non-option. If you leave it on the table, it's going to, you're going to drink it again. You know, like if you leave it there that, Oh, well maybe on just on weddings, maybe I'll drink. Okay. But what if you black out at the wedding and you, you know, crash your car or whatever. So I think, um, yeah. Accepting that it's just not, not an option anymore, I think was huge for me. So, yeah. And that can be hard, but oh yeah, talk about kind of giving yourself an out, like, okay, it's just, it's, it's off the table. Right. I have to accept that it's just not an option. So, mm-hmm. and I think that can be motivating and kind of just get you over that hump where it's like, okay, 
It's just, Mm -hmm. it's not for me. So. Right. And another thing, like you can, you can have had good times too. Like you can have had fun and you can miss it too. And, and just know that it's not really for you. That's like saying like, I mean, if someone told me today that I couldn't eat cheese because I had to go like dairy free, I would miss, first of all, I I probably wouldn't do it, but like (laughs) I would take the risk, (laughs) but like I would, um, miss cheese, you know? And then I, and but I would know that I can't eat it because it's not, it's not good for my you know body or whatever, but like, (laughs) you'd remember all those fun times with cheese. cheese. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And also like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't like quit cheese and then go to a cheese factory. Right. Right. So like, you're not going to quit alcohol and then go do those same things that you were doing before you wouldn't go out to bars and you maybe wouldn't go hang out with those friends. Like you have to change the cheese analogy just works in various ways. I really like this. (laughs) You wouldn't have the cheese in the fridge. I mean, no, you you would not have the cheese in the fridge because it'd be too tempting. I would eat the cheese (laughs) if it was in the fridge for sure. Right. I like this analogy. Yeah. Um, my friend, thank you so much for being yeah. here. I appreciate you so much. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them sure. to reach out? So mainly my, uh, Instagram, which is sobriety activist. And then I also have a website. It's blairsharp.com. And that's where I post things like these interviews and, and my writing I put on there. Um, and then I'm also on Facebook where I just, again, share my writing, which is Blair Sharp dash writer. And then I also just started and I was like, and then I also, and then I also, <laughs> um, I also just started writing on medium not too long ago. And so you could follow Woo-hoo. me there on medium. Uh, that, that is more just like for fun. That's not really for money or anything, you know? Um, that's so awesome. that's, um, I think I'm going to go sobriety only on there or maybe some parenting. I don't know. I, I guess I can't commit to just one thing, but the sobriety stuff has been fun and it's been, it's been easy to write. So it's uh, helping people. And I like yeah. that. So you could write about cheese. Yes, <laughs> I should. I should actually like <laughs> why alcohol is like cheese or, you know, like how the, I, I would get a more clickbaity title than that. I, but <laughs> I honestly think, I mean, you could go viral with that, but <laughs> I could, I'm going to write this. <laughs> oh my gosh, Blair. Well, thank you so, so much. I adore you. And, um, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to learn more about the show or make a donation, you can head over to decidedlydry.com. If you enjoy the show, the best way to support it is to subscribe and to leave an awesome rating or review over on Apple podcasts. It's sure been a treat spending this time with you. And just remember if the only thing you did today was stay sober, you are winning. I'll see you next time.